Welcome to the Life Unlimited Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice so you can confidently live your life your way for life. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Life Unlimited with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. If you're new to the podcast, my name is Eric. I am Larry's producer. I get to sit here and learn things like you are, the audience. I get to learn from Larry. Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific today, Eric. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm excited about today's topic. I know that I think I've joked around with you before. I've heard the term sandwich generation before. Personally, I'm in the club sandwich generation, which means I have my parents or I'm blessed to have both of them still alive. I've got kids and I've got grandkids. So we call that the club sandwich generation. Well, I that, that's a new ter term. I've never heard of club yeah. sandwich before. That's me. I coined that, Larry. You can use it. You, All right, I'll use it. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking what about if you had grandparents that are alive too. I don't know what that would make you poor because <laughs> you know, all those people to take care of I'm just kidding. with proper planning, Larry, I hear you can do That's just fine. True. <laughs> That's absolutely true. All right. So why don't you share with the audience what you're talking about today? Yes. So many of our clients are sandwich generation or maybe now club sandwich generation, and they do have parents alive. And unfortunately, as they've gotten older, I've gone through it with my parents before they passed away. And there are certain things that start to come up and you have to have some of these conversations with them when they're not easy. So I thought today we would talk about some of the conversations that you should have with your aging parents. Okay. Where do we start? I mean, that's a... So a let's start kind of in the, we'll talk about kind of the cash flow and the living arrangements. Okay. So as people age and they've been paying their own bills and handling their own finances, sometimes it starts to become uh, become an issue. And you know when do you when should you step in and offer them help and having that conversation or maybe finding a third party? There are plenty of third party bill payers out there that can help and pay the bills for them as they get older. So, because there's also a lot of scams that are going on, unfortunately, that are happening to older older people. And this would prevent and hopefully reduce the amount of scams that are being targeted to the older people. So one of the things that you should do is have a conversation. Do they need help in paying some of their and managing some of their bills? Yeah, that's and that sounds like a tough conversation to start with, right? I mean, your parents have been your parents for your entire life, and that's kind of how that works, I suppose. But They've always <laughs> normally, but they've always paid the bills. When you were a kid, they paid the bills. You had the house you lived in. You had, you know, the lights were on usually, you would think. And now to have that conversation with them, that that doesn't sound like it's easy. No, I mean, these are these are not easy conversations to have, but uh, better that you have them than if you don't have them. Um, some We have some clients and they have long-term care insurance. And um, if you miss a premium payment on that and they cancel the policy, oh, that could be a disaster. Making sure that the bills are paid and having somebody have that conversation with them. Now, you may get some pushback from them, but sometimes it's it, they understand that they're doing it in their best interest. They're open to it. Pick the right time and have that conversation. A lot of these, what I'm going to talk about today, are not going to be easy things to 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 discuss. Okay, so let me ask you this. You talked about a third party for paying the bills, and that's just one of the things that you're going to be talking about today as far as bill paying. What about having a third party to help you with the conversation? I know that you must have done this before with clients or their kids or your clients and their parents. 
Is that something? Yeah, that I mean, entertain? we've sat down with uh, we have numerous you know, dual generation clients and some three generation clients, and we're more than glad to sit down and and kind of act as that that buffer. But in most cases, even though it may be a little bit difficult as a child, you'll start to recognize that it's time to have those conversations. Things will start to come up. Things won't be working as well. Maybe some of their mental capacity type things, they've, you've seen a little bit of a decline. So mm-hmm. you should know when that when the right time is to do that. And most parents, they trust their kids. So they know that they're doing it for their best interests. Yeah, true. All right. What's next on your list to cover? So next on the interest is, could there, could there be sources of income you're not aware of? So well, we have worked with a lot of widows and then a lot of children that have inherited money from their parents. And surprisingly, somewhere down the road, two, three years down the road, sometimes they'll find about, luckily they'll find out about an account that they didn't even know existed. So making sure and knowing where your parents' assets are, where the income streams are, to either help out a one spouse when the primary financial spouse passes away, or when they both pass away, making sure that nothing is lost. There are so many different, so many times that we've had people run, there are resources you can run for unclaimed funds, and they're finding some. There may only be small accounts, but you want to make sure that all the assets and all the income stream is accounted for. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It, it, right when you said that, it brought back a memory. I've, I had some friends of ours about my age, and unfortunately, the husband developed cancer, and he did pass away, and it wasn't till about a year later that the wife was talking to his sister and said, hey, did you happen to, to know that he worked at a bank and that the bank actually, as part of their benefits program, after you were there for a year or two years, whatever it was, gave them a very small life insurance policy as part of just their overall, the benefits that they had with the bank. And it was fully paid, right? So, and he got it in his 20s and they were married for a long time. And all of a sudden, a year after his passing, she found out there was a $50,000 policy just sitting there. And she had no idea that he had even received that in his 20s. Yeah, so just having a list. I mean, we have our own online portal that we put everything in between all the investments, all the insurance. So when someone passes away, we can go through this checklist and make sure that nothing is missing. I'll share one story with you. Nothing about assets or even income, but and I think I've shared the story before, but we had a client whose mother had passed away years after the father had passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was about to pay for the funeral and the helper, the caretaker that was helping out, she goes, you know, I think I saw something about this on the desk over there. And lo and behold, the father had prepaid for the funeral years right. before and never told anybody. Huh. So there, he almost ended up paying for his mother's funeral twice. Well, So have the conversations and get those lists and get that in an organized fashion. So these don't, these things don't happen. Okay. All right. What's next on the list? So let's talk a little bit about kind of mobility issues and mm-hmm. potential illness issues. I mean, one of the things that's hard to have a conversation with, and it's really not financially, is when do you have that conversation about taking the keys away from a driver? So that's a whole nother issue to, to deal with and ramifications of this. But what about somebody that eventually is going to need some help and putting a game plan together before before it happens. And so trying to figure, you know, trying to figure that out. And so, because there may come a time where your parents aren't able to live on their own. 
So can, if that happens, can the house be modified for them to stay there? Is there room for caregivers to come in there? What about the financial aspects of having someone stay there? You know, that that's probably number one thing that we talk about is that a lot of people, they don't want to go into assisted living facilities or, or nursing homes. They want to stay in their, their own home if they can. So having those conversations now and seeing if that's possible and planning for that would be great. And if that's not possible, maybe having the conversations and possibly moving in with the child. And we've seen that done before as well. And if that's the case, having the right place and the right help again to make that happen. And then also discussing, you know, some of these retirement type of communities. My mom went into an assisted living facility and she didn't want to go in there, but it was the best thing for her, both uh, physically and mentally Mm -hmm. between having other people around and people not having to worry about making your meals or cleaning your beds. So sometimes that's a great fit for a lot of people rather than just being alone in, in, in your home. Yeah, I think that's the piece right there, the word alone, right? But it's nice to be able to stay in the house, but who's there with you? And if you are alone, how often are you getting together with friends or are they mobile enough to come to your house? Are you mobile enough to go to their house? And in those situations where somebody lives in one of those communities, your neighbor is right there and you you get in the hallway and you got three or four people to talk to immediately. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, I think that's yes. a big issue. And they're doing activities yeah. and they're playing games and they're being social and helping with your mental. So don't discount that as well. But not everyone is going to want that kind of situation. And some people sometimes they may not want it, but it may be in their best interest. Yeah. So just developing a plan and talking to them and looking at the options and knowing when to have these conversations with your parents, because the last thing you want to do is for them to have an illness or have a fall. And all of a sudden now you have to make really quick decisions without any planning. Yeah. I had to chuckle when you were talking about having the conversation about taking away keys. My father-in-law lives in El Paso, Larry, and Mm -hmm. he's got some beautiful palm trees in his yard, right? As a lot of people do down there. And sometimes they drop the, the fronds, wind comes up, whatever, and it falls onto his roof. We're not talking about taking away keys. We're talking about you're 76. Please stop getting on the roof. Because <laughs> that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's getting up there to clean off these palm fronds. Yeah. It takes him so long to get back down the ladder. He's got some mobility issues of his own, but he's stubborn. So th- these conversations are going to be tough. We're just like, just one thing at a time. No more roof. You can keep driving, but mm-hmm. you got to stay off the roof. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 absolutely. <laughs> All right. Next on your list. So now that we'll go away and we'll talk about some of the estate planning issues and some of the financial document issues. So do your parents have an estate estate plan? Again, when it comes to money, sometimes it's hard to bring that up with your parents. But now's the time to bring it up for a lot of different, a lot of different reasons. One of them is just to make sure that they have the proper healthcare proxies and the proper power of attorneys in place. What I mean by that is that if they can't pay their bills, you need to have some type of legal document so you can step in and pay their bills. Or if there is a healthcare decision that needs to be made, you need to be able to to make those decisions and make sure you, you you or your siblings, whoever that is, is properly named to make those decisions for your parent or each other parent, if they're both alive, being having that in to make it for each other. And it's a situation, if I'm not mistaken, Larry, that the doctors are kind of bound by legalities. It's not that they don't want you to help make decisions. They can't take the decisions that you want to make if you're not legally 
responsible for them. Absolutely. Now, a lot of times if someone comes into the hospital, they'll have their own healthcare proxy then. But that, but what happens if you're not, if the parent is not able to speak and talk? So it gets a lot more complicated then if you don't, if you're not able to get these documents. And one other thing is besides the healthcare proxy, and this is kind of a personal story here, mm-hmm. is having a list of your parents' key people, their their wealth managers, their insurance advisors, their account, uh, their account, their attorney, and their doctors, mm-hmm. which I never even thought of before until I had to bring my mom to the hospital and she wasn't able to communicate at that time. And the doctor said, well, we want to call a primary doctor and just touch base with him. Who's a primary doctor? And I went, humana, humana, humana. I had no idea who our primary doctor is. Luckily, I was able to call my sister and we were able to, she knew who the primary doctor was. But having that list somewhere and getting that list from your parents so you know who all the doctors are could come really handy at a critical time. I I never even thought about that. And funny thing is, is, I think the older we get, or the older some people get, the more they share the stories of them going to the doctor. My dad's told me about his doctor visits for the past 10 years. I know he's mentioned her name. I don't know it. I'm I'm blanking on it right now. And and, in a situation where you're not necessarily panicking, but if your parent is incommunicado, incommunicado, I think that's the word, if they can't speak, there's a panic there and trying to remember it then. See, I don't even, I still can't think of it. Yeah. So good. So you can go home and have the conversation <laughs> with them and get a list of their, uh, get uh, a list of their doctors. Uh, that's a great point. All so, right. As far as this list and as far as all those, uh, that kind of information, you spoke about the portal earlier. Is that something that um, your, your clients, I don't have access to the portal and they could put their important information in there. Can they designate their child to have access to that portal? Ab- a- absolutely. So we do it two ways. So they can designate that child to have access to them while they're alive, or they can designate their child or executor um, to only have access to them after they pass away. So we give them both both options. Some don't want to choose any of them, but usually after they pass away, they're more than happy to sign the agreement for us to open up the portal. As far as the key doctors and that they'd have to have authorization while they're still alive. But we also have a form that lists all these key advisors and that could be filled out and given a copy to each child and put into the portal. Oh, perfect. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways of of, do, of doing this and knowing who those go-to people in critical times are important. Is it possible that they could have access to it if their parents were incapacitated? They're not, they didn't pass away, but maybe they went into a hospital and they're unable to talk. Is it something that that could they? Yeah, it gets a little, it gets a little, little dicey from our standpoint on how that we would open up the portal for them. So it's usually, again, it's usually if they're alive and, or if they pass away. And again, most people trust their kids. So even if they're giving them access to it before, they're just giving them a letter. They can't go in and do that unless we give them a password and authorization. So they'll give us the letter that allows them to do it. So if they call, we can then give them the password. And a lot of times they won't call unless they they have to. They're not going to all of a sudden say, I want to know what's in my parents' portal and call us up. Yeah. So that's how we get around it. Okay. All right. So what's uh, next on this list? Yeah. And, and another thing is, is, is part of these, you know, these documents. And sometimes if you know eventually that you want to be power of attorney on some accounts, sometimes it's better to set up the power of attorney earlier, either on a bank account 
or some other financial account in anticipation. So later on, mm -hmm. again, something happens to someone, we don't have to run around and get the paperwork and get the process all, all put in place. It just saves, it, it saves some time. Okay. All right. And then really, have you discussed an estate plan with your parents? A, a harder type of conversations because you know you're talking about money, but- if you've got significant dollars or your parents have significant dollars, do they have a plan in place to minimize estate taxes? And depending upon what state you live in, there is different rules. So having that conversation is how can they avoid, how can they minimize estate taxes if possible? Are there trusts set up? Are there has been any planning done? And they sat with a wealth manager and a state planner. So just seeing if that's been taken care of, because a lot of times, and still I would say maybe the post-depression era don't want to kind of do all that planning. And you should, because otherwise a lot of the hard-earned money could go to the government. Yeah, that's no bueno. Yep. And the other one is probate. So, oh, that's right. So probate can... So what if you pass away and you don't have the proper assets titled and proper wills or and or proper trust set up, you may have some of your assets have to pass through probate in the state. And some states that can be costly, but even if some of the states it's not costly, it can be very time consuming. So putting a plan in place to possibly avoid probate, another conversation to have, another reason why you'd want to sit down with a elder care attorney, a state planner, and start planning for this. And if I'm not mistaken, Larry, when it comes to probate, that that's public, right? So the, the probate process is a public process. So if you have cousin Jimmy, who's been a deadbeat for a long time, if he wanted to challenge anything in the will or whatever, that's his opportunity to kind of throw a wrench in the works. Y yes. So, uh, so it is, I mean, anybody can challenge anything in, in a will. If it's set up some differently with titling and trust, maybe not as, as much, but, um, but it is public knowledge whereby you can set some other type of game plan set up that to avoid probate. So you yeah. won't become public, public knowledge. Now, most people aren't really not worried about that because not too many people are going to go down to the court and look at, you know, uh, John Doe's will in there, but they could. And that's why a lot of entertainers, the ones that make sure they have plans put in place and athletes mm -hmm. uh, want to avoid probate. So people can't go in and delve into their situation. Yeah. More and more people want to get rich quick today, Larry. I just don't, maybe I'm just a cynic, but I just don't trust people. I don't, I don't trust people. If I have something, I would rather keep it private just for my children or, and my grandchildren then have it all public because you just never know when somebody's just unscrupulous and they're going to do something that's going to. Uh, absolutely. Keeping kids. it private and, and not having to go through the courts and the waiting process and it's become longer and longer. So yes, both reasons to make sure that you have it planned in place. Okay. What's next? What are we covering? Okay. Next? So, and the, also just talking about the plan in pl place in Different states, depending if they have an asset in another state or maybe a second home, mm -hmm. they have to make sure that they avoid probate in that particular place. A lot of our clients, they may be residents of one state. They have a second home in Florida. Mm -hmm. And if their home is in their name, they're going to have to go through the probate process in Florida. 
So for a lot of most cases, I would say we're recommending the estate attorneys are recommending a revocable trust for that property in Florida. So that one property doesn't have to go through probate. So again, knowing, having those conversations, knowing where all the assets are. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I didn't even think about the multiple state issue. That's huge. Yeah. And uh, there are also these, uh, you know, they count. And sometimes somebody has maybe some small bank accounts. And does it make sense to have those bank accounts as what's called the TOD accounts, um, a POD account, so they can transfer on death without having to go through the will. Now, there are some negatives to that. We're not going to go into that today, especially if there are multiple children and multiple grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So you don't always want to do that to avoid probate. But uh, but having those conversations to see if making sure that that is done. Okay. All right. And, you know, beneficiary designations. Oh, I can go on and talk about the things that I've seen over yeah. my career, Eric. Let's see. I've seen... Missing children on beneficiaries. I've seen no beneficiaries in a insurance po in a um, retirement account because mm -hmm. it wasn't done properly. I've seen an ex spouse. That's my favorite. In a life insurance. <laughs> you told policy. me about that before. Yes, we have oh. talked about that before. Oh. So making sure that all the beneficiaries are set up properly. Mm -hmm. um, and besides, you know, besides that, if it's going to maybe you're now an adult, but maybe some of the money is going to a grandchild. Um, is that set up in, you know, in a trust for them? Um, so there's a lot of different ways. So making sure the beneficiaries are being taken care of. All right. And here's a new one, Eric. This is probably recently. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, do your parents have digital assets? Do they oh. have social media accounts? Do they have um, an iPhone where all the pictures are saved on their iPhone. Mm -hmm. And how many times have we now heard about people passing away and nobody has the login and the password and all those digital assets are gone because nobody can get to them. I didn't even think about that. When you said digital assets, I was thinking crypto. And I'm like, mm, my parents don't even know what that is. <laughs> but oh, I didn't no. think about the pictures and all the different things. And and I know my mom, She on her iPad, she likes to get into the notes function or, or she uses another app maybe now, but she likes to write, right? And she likes to type on there. So that would all be lost. Exactly. Hmm. So... Where where do you do? How do you do those? Now there are some companies that are coming that are coming out now ways of putting those on there and passing them to the next generation. But you know, having those conversations and at least knowing where those logins and passwords are kept somewhere, maybe in a in a little vault and that you keep somewhere, a little safe that you keep somewhere, so you can get into those digital assets upon death. Yeah, good point. All, all these things that that we at Hello Wealth Management think about and have conversations well beyond just managing your money, but make life so much easier. Or you know, I want to say cause so much heartache and issues when the time comes because they haven't done the proper planning. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What else? What else we covered? So today? the last one is really just making sure that proper insurance is in place if they can. I mean, people are living longer and people are living longer, but needing help. Um, and how do you prepare for their long term care? What are the costs going to be? Can they do they have enough money to pay for this? Do they have an insurance policy to help in doing that? 
So again, having those conversations about their potential insurance or expenses and how they're going to cover them if they were to happen. Everybody knows somebody now that has needed some type of care, um, either in home. Um, I was out to lunch with somebody the other day. Unfortunately, their their father had a uh, stroke and he can't even he can't even talk. He can recognize them, but he can't talk, really communicate, and he needs 24-7 care at home. Now, luckily they have the financial assets to do that, but what happens if they, you know, if they didn't or so having those conversations on what to do and how to help them, uh, making sure that if there is some insurance, you know where it is. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredibly important. Absolutely. Any other closing thoughts before we wrap up today? So the only closing thought is we covered a lot of things today, Eric. So if anyone wants, we actually have a checklist which addresses each and every one of these items plus a few others. So you can go on, click on the link below, and there should be a link directly to the checklist. So so you can go on and and review all these other Mm -hmm. points to make it a little bit easier to have that conversation with your parents. Yeah, absolutely. And so for those of you that are listening to this on a podcast, it'll be in the show notes. For those of you that are watching us on YouTube, just look below. There'll be a link there. So both of those options are available. Larry, great stuff today. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Eric. You bet. And of course, if you're listening to this, you want to reach out to Larry. His contact information is there as well. You'll find it all over the place. Larry is all over the place, which is a good thing. So again, you'll be able to find him very easily. And I also want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to the Life Unlimited podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the follow button below. This way when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And like I said, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd appreciate a like and follow there as well. And you can subscribe to YouTube. Uh, If you want to miss miss an episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. And there's a bell you can ring and some things you can do. I don't know YouTube very well, but push every button you find and it will be fine. (laughs) And again, we humbly ask that you share this podcast because that's how we spread the word about it. If you rate it and leave a review, that actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.